0: Hey everyone i am farah kimji and you are listening to the futura talks podcast i believe the future will be built by those who see opportunity where others see uncertainty it will be built by people that don't look like the traditional leaders of our past but by women and individuals from diverse backgrounds that see the world differently and who are driven to make it better for all this podcast will feature these people self-made leaders and entrepreneurs that defy odds and are motivated to build a better future. We will also share practical advice for how you can unlock your full potential as the leader of your own Futura. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Futura Talks. Today I'm very excited to be sitting down in conversation with Jen Vasquez, founder and CPO, chief Pinterest officer of Jen Vasquez Media. Jen is known by many as the Pinterest queen and she helps service-based female entrepreneurs go from overwhelmed to an easy, streamlined Pinterest marketing strategy with her signature Pinterest attraction method to grow their business in about an hour a week. Before becoming an entrepreneur, Jen was the division director of a Fortune 500 company managing a large team of sales and marketing folks and provided training on relationship style marketing. She left corporate America and started her wedding and branding photography business in 2009 And started using pinterest when it was by invitation only in 2010 over the years she has helped her business besties learn how to do it and after almost two years of being pushed by those friends she launched her pinterest marketing strategist business in 2018 and hasn't looked back so i am really excited to get into jen's journey with you guys today and even more so excited as Jen is a fellow podcast host. So it means I really have to step up my game, but more so I'm excited for her to have a chance to be on the other side of the mic and share her journey with us today. So Jen, welcome to the podcast.
1: I'm thrilled. I absolutely adore your podcast. I just got listening, uh, done listening to yours, Mm -hmm. your journey, which was the last one in there. And I I adore it. And it's a nice departure from all of the Pinterest talk that I do all the time that whenever I'm a podcast guest or a guest in someone's group, I'm, you know, educating on Pinterest. So this is going to be fun. I'm so glad. And we will
0: get into Pinterest a little bit, but before we get there, I'd like to actually take it back. So I do this with all my guests, this we go way back, back to when you were a child. Um so tell me, you know, what was your upbringing like? You know, what were you like as a child
1: and did you always have entrepreneurial dreams? I didn't really think about this all that much, but now that you're asking, I feel like I probably was always an entrepreneur. Um as a kid, I on my own accord, went to the community and signed up with my allowance money to do a babysitting certification
0: okay,
1: so that I could babysit. And so I was babysitting like five different families on the street, starting at 11 and 12 years old, which wow. is insane nowadays to think about, but that is really who I am. I I feel like at like when I was eight years old, I used to tell my mom, I can't wait to have babies. I can't wait to have babies. And she's like, You mean get married and have babies? I'm like, no, just have babies. <laughs> yeah. She's like, okay. Take, <laughs> eight take care old. of others. Yeah. Yeah. So um I used to babysit for free sometimes, but that's really how I made all all my money um i've just been working my whole life i i enjoy helping the community but also i enjoy that feeling that you get when you complete something when you finish a job there's just really something rewarding about that for me so i i think maybe i help always been an entrepreneur and I just didn't know it
0: I mean to know at age you know 10 to go and get a certificate for babysitting like I know I babysat but I just randomly you know helped out with some (laughs) families but you were like let me let me get
1: oh I had like a binder emergency like this is all the things that they have nowadays at daycare but for me that was just I felt like it was important to make sure the parents knew everything that went on while they were gone so
0: Oh, I love that. Yes, you definitely (laughs) had the entrepreneur in you from a young age. So tell me beyond your own entrepreneurial dreams. Did you have examples of other entrepreneurs around you? And, you know, was there anyone that maybe inspired you? when you were younger? Yeah, my
1: my corporate experience started, um, I think I was 14. And every summer for three months, I would work all day at my dad's office. My parents were both in real estate years and years and years and years and years and years and years years ago. And um, I worked every summer for them, um, answering phones, being an administrative assistant, basically, which ended up sort of pushing me into corporate america and being a an minute executive assistant and then venturing over to recruiting but it was it all started really from my summers working in my parents office so yeah they were both real estate officers and Mm -hmm. had their own company. So I grew up, my father has always been an entrepreneur and my mom has always loved to work for a company. Like they both had that difference. Like she liked to go and work and be done and go home. Mm -hmm. And my dad's work was kind of around the clock. And um, so I feel like I learned how to balance personal life and business life from both of their examples, really.
0: Yeah. And it's so nice that you had both of those examples to draw from and, you know, obviously got a taste of it right in high school, which is so awesome. Um, Well, tell us a little bit though, more about high school and sort of the journey you took after high school to all the way to, you know, you know, what, what you did in school to starting in corporate to now running your business, like right Take us from that sure. point to right before you started to go
1: out on your yeah. own. Yeah. yeah. I knew that I did not want to go to college. I knew right off the bat that I wanted to work. That's just what I knew. Yeah. And my parents really wanted me to go to college. So, yeah. And I graduated a little earlier. And so at 17, my parents, in order to try to keep me at home, Uh, or get me to go to school said, well, you know, you're going to have to pay rent if you are living here and not going to school. If you want to live a real life, then you need to pay rent. I mean, it was a couple hundred dollars, whatever. Um, And I was like, nope, if I'm going to pay rent, I'm going to get a full-time job and I'm going to get my own apartment, which is what I did right away. Um, I I had this sort of dichotomy because I knew that I wanted to have kids and I wanted to be married, but I also knew I wanted to work, which was not normal back in the eighties yeah, the eighties when I graduated high school. So, so I ended up moving out and meeting the person that I was in love with at the time who is about nine years older than me actually. And then we had two kids and I worked the whole time. So back then I literally, my kids went back to daycare at like two to four weeks, which meant I was, I was (gasps) crying the whole time, dropping them off the whole time. Like it was a hard, hard situation. So after being in corporate America, being an executive assistant, getting a divorce, I ended up getting remarried and knew that I absolutely did not want to do that same thing. So I wasn't quite sure what we were going to do, but I knew I wanted to have two more kids. Like Mm -hmm. that was just something I knew. And so fortunately at the time I was working for a company called talk city and they did all of the things for like 2020 and all of the different things where they say, come and chat with the author online or come and chat with Mm -hmm. the, you know, prime minister or we had a bunch of big people and I ran account managers for NBC, ABC, um, CBS. I went to New York, got to do, it was, it was a lot of fun. That job was really exciting. And I really rose pretty high for not having a degree. I mean, I was running a team and everything, but I loved that job. And my husband, we ended up moving to Arizona. Long story short, I wanted my kids to grow up with my son's kids. He was having kids. So he lived in Arizona. So Mm -hmm. we picked up moved to Arizona. And um, he was, my husband was a firefighter and you can't cross state lines and be able to do the same thing without going through school and doing all that. So he ended up staying home with the kids actually. And I got to work, which worked really well until years later, we, two years, three years, Mm -hmm. we moved. Back to the Bay Area. And I had already felt like I was going to have a hard time with it. I ended up working for a very a Fortune 500 recruiting company. You know, I would put my kids were. Yeah. How old were you? I trying kids? to think. Yeah. So when I, I worked there for a number of years and they were little, my younger kids were little, my older kids were teenagers. And my husband was working. We had a nanny at the time. And I, hated the fact that I was leaving before they woke up and I was coming home after they went to bed. I was like a weekend mom, and that is not why I wanted to have kids. i w- I'm really all about my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in two thousand and nine, I just I felt like something broke, and I was like, I don't want to do this. like this isn't hour, why you were doing hour a week. This. Yes. yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was basically working to live and not living to work. And I, in it, it really, I, we had conversations, my husband and I, he's so supportive. He's like, just leave, just leave, just leave. And after about six to eight months, I decided, okay, we're gonna do this. And I had already been photographing on the side for like five years at that point mm-hmm. and started charging. I was doing it for free for okay. many, many years. Yeah. And I ended up um, I ended up leaving, you know, giving my notice. And I was like, okay, I have to grow this business now. And fortunately, I was leading a team of sales and marketing people. Like I knew how to do that. Yeah. Um, and so I Like I would work, I would get up at four or five in the morning, I would work, then I would make breakfast, get the kids ready, walk them to school every day, which, ah, it just makes me so happy to know that I was able to do that. They were six, eight, 18 and 20. Wow at that time. yeah, And so, um, but, and walk them to school and then come back home and then work during the day. And then three o'clock, two 33 o'clock, whenever they got off, I would walk there, pick go up. pick them up, yeah. bring them home. We would do homework. We would have dinner. I would put them to bed and then I would work again. So I feel like it's amazing how much work you can get done when you have the will to do it. Do you know what I mean? And the passion behind
0: it too. I think, I think for you, there's a lot that you just shared there. And I want to unpack some of that because I think that a, first of all, going back when, you know, with your first two children and going back at two to four weeks, just, just so you know, here in Canada,
1: it's, you know, people get longer maternity leaves, like two to four weeks
0: is just, we
1: got wild. wild. We got six months' maternity leave here okay. in the United States. yeah, I could not afford to stay home. Yeah, I just couldn't. And so my, you know, it just wasn't a, it was just I'm the reality not gonna dive into yeah. it, but it was the reality. I was the one sort of working at that time with my ex-husband, and i I just wasn't able to to do that. Now, my kids, loved. I had them, I paid extra and had them in the YMCA. So they were yeah. really taken care of. Well, it was with multiple people. Cause I was really concerned about being with one person. I would just made me really nervous where yeah. I felt like if there was a team of people, I would feel a little bit more comfortable. It was, it was awful. Well,
0: what I, what I, what I will say that I've heard though, through your, through all of that though, is the, the perseverance, right? So whatever life was throwing at you, you know, whether it was, okay, I got to go back to work while I have these young kids. I've got to manage, you know, through a divorce, I got to keep working. I married again, have two more kids. Like you just, you seem to always figure it out and do what what was right for you and your family. And I think that's a really important point to share for our listeners because a lot of people listening in might be in a, in a place where they're like, I'm juggling a lot. I'm, you know, not happy in my job and they don't necessarily see a way out or a way um to change that trajectory for themselves. So I love that you kind of took this hobby and said, you know what? I gotta now make this side hustle of photography the main hustle, right? Like I'm and I'm gonna figure that out. So tell me a little bit more about the early stages of growing your photography and then it became, you know, sort of, you know, wedding photography type business.
1: Yeah. I had a ton of families that I photographed all the time, but I knew that I really wanted to dive into weddings. I had done one or two weddings that first year and I knew that that was Like I loved telling a story Mm -hmm. and with a one hour family visit, you weren't able to really sort of tell that story. And so, um, I really loved that. And I'm a big person on self-education. Like even if, even if I didn't go to college, I cannot count how many courses and certifications and things that I went through and got and received because I felt like I needed it not because the people I was working with needed it, but I felt like I wanted to be the best I could be for my clients because ultimately that's what helps you grow your business, right? Like we're always so concerned with getting leads and getting people on the phone and booking clients that sometimes we don't really focus on that client journey and the client experience. And ultimately that is exactly what grows your business because the bulk of entrepreneurs are going to get the bulk of their bookings from referrals. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I knew early on that the experience was the part that I wanted like to how focus you, on how
0: they could really, how you could level up the experience, what knowledge and skills you could bring to make sure that experience was like differentiated. So to say from just a standard, um, you know, either whether it was photography or wedding business or whatnot. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you're now working as a photographer and tell me what was happening. You said, you know, we chatted about how you were one of the very first people on Pinterest right back in 2010 when it was invitation only. So tell me about a, like how you got onto there and, you know, how you started using
1: Pinterest initially, um, in your business. Yeah. So I saw that all of the graphics on there. If you clicked it, you went somewhere, whether it was a recipe or to learn something Mm -hmm. or what have you. And so I used it a lot as research for my business. What are other people doing? What are other people putting out there? And then it kind of clicked that I could put stuff out there and drive people to my business, right? It didn't really click right away. Although I wish I had that email still. And I don't even remember who sent me the invite so I could thank them for this second business that I have, but it was very, you know, There was no Instagram at that time. There was no TikTok. There was none of that stuff. And a lot of people were going to Pinterest for that inspiration, education, make their life better, which is kind of the whole premise of Pinterest. And I just really quickly saw what other people were doing, tried and experimented until I found a way to take these images that I had put them on there in an organized way with boards that were, I felt like kind of like a candy store. You can look at this Mm -hmm. one, you can look at this one, you can look at this one and driving traffic to my website. And I knew early on that it was an amazing traffic builder. Mm -hmm. And so I just made sure that the places I was driving them to my website, that landing page was going to convert, right? So I Mm -hmm. had consultations everywhere because uh, a lot of people like more information before they buy, and so instead of just having a form like most wedding folks had out there, I had that, and I think we did it with um, what was that? What was the name of? It's uh like a Zoom, like a FaceTime, but it was oh, well Skype? before. Skype. I used yeah. to Skype my clients and be able, cause I knew that face-to-face was important um, yeah. when they were busy. And then if not, I would go meet them in coffee stores and have conversations sure. and, and book them that way. So it was I one love, of my I marketing things.
0: So like, I love this aha moment that you had, you know, you were first a consumer of it and you were just, you know, probably looking at other people's pins and recipes and, you know, getting inspiration. And then you're like, wait, someone is posting this and that someone could be me and I could get people to go to my website. So it really became a really good business tool for you. And I think it's important to note this because like you said, this is well before you know, Instagram and, you know, well, Facebook was there, but like you said, TikTok. So now we all get it. Like we, you know, so many people are using Instagram to drive traffic for their business. It's, it's very commonplace, but this was probably the start of that back then. And for you Mm. to, you know, now 12 years ago, see that opportunity is, is incredible. So You're now, you know, driving traffic to your business for years of of using Pinterest and doing that, maybe showing some friends how to do it for themselves too. What really happened around, you know, 2018 that you're like, wait a second, I don't need to just tell people about this and use it for my business. I can actually make a business out of teaching others how to do this. Tell me how that idea came about.
1: I have to give credit to my vendor friends in the wedding industry because they kept saying like, well, how, how are you using it? Like, I don't understand. Cause it was very personal use really in the beginning and yeah. I don't understand. And then I would teach them and they're like, why are you not doing this? And I go, and. And a lot of my vendor friends were launching out into coaching. So they're a makeup artist, but they're going to coach other makeup artists, artists, or they're going to do this. And then they're going to coach for this. So in their mind, they're like, why aren't you coaching people on Pinterest is, you know, it could be part of your regular business. And I don't know, I drug my feet a lot. I felt like there was a couple different things for me. One was I still, I had my kids, right? And I did not want to like build and grow a second business and then have more time away from them, right? That is Mm -hmm. really my primary focus. And around 2018 was my youngest. Senior year. And he didn't really need me anymore. <laughs> yeah, know, you you yeah. like to think they do, <laughs> right? but yeah. And, um, so I was like in my head. I mean, it was a good two years of my friends, multiple friends, telling me, What are you, you doing? Like do this. M- m- yeah. I don't see anybody out there. There are people out there now, but I they they didn't see anyone out there and blah, blah, blah. And so again, I went back and did my research, right? I feel like as entrepreneurs. Doing that research will not only give you inspiration, but it also gives you a little bit of getting over the hump of doubting that you can Mm. do it within your business. And and
0: for you, do you mean sort of the research of seeing, you know, other examples of people, maybe not necessarily doing a business around teaching Pinterest, but just, you know, maybe it was around, well, Canva wasn't there then, but other
1: ideas like that. It was a been- it was around Kate All. So Kate All from Simple Pen Media was there mm, okay longer yeah. than that. But it that's the person who I saw doing it, and I sure. was like, Well, I I don't know as much as she knows but I have been using it all this time right and after 2 years and my son being a senior and knowing that as much as I love weddings I can't see myself I'm in my 50s now I can't see myself 10 years from now still doing 8 to 10 hour weddings I don't know mm. that that's something that I want to do and so for me this is a business that I could run forever like you know yeah. what I mean like it it yeah. felt it felt like it was a smart, not pivoting the business I'm in now with weddings and photography and stuff, but actually creating a separate business. And that, that, felt really smart to me because I know a lot of my vendor friends would have it be a part of their business. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted it to be a separate business.
0: Yeah. Because the idea is that, you know, you, you could have just said, this is just an additional service that I offer, but you're saying eventually there's an opportunity for this business to fully eclipse, um, the other and, and be your sole business in the long run. So if you set it up from day one, that way, with its own metrics, its own clients, and its own um, you know offerings, then it's you're you're not diluting one or the other. First of all, um, yeah. But but I think I think it was really smart, and I love when you can find you know what you really did is you found this niche of an area where you didn't see too many other people in that space yet. So you saw this opportunity and you said, I know people need it. Hey, all my, all the people in my world are telling me that they need this and would pay for it. So, you you know, like (laughs) at some point there's only so many times the universe can kind of knock you over the side of the head and say like, what are you doing? That you have this opportunity, this gold mine that you're sitting on. And it's a way that you, what I like is you felt natural doing it because you were using it for so many years, right? Like you weren't starting, from scratch in a new business really. So, yeah. so tell me though, you know, initially, you know, you launched kind of Jen Vasquez media. Tell me a little bit more about, you know, the clients and the types of companies that you serve and, you know, the key problem that you're really helping them with.
1: Yeah. So I keep going back and forth with this in all honesty. So I just want to yeah. say that up front. Sure. Um, I first went all in on wedding photographers and teaching in a membership, like a group coaching setting. That's how I started. I then moved over after a like less than a year, maybe six months. And I was like, okay, well, wed photography coach is not going to be what it is. I'm going to do Jen Vasquez coach. That's Mm -hmm. how it just went. And then I'm going to be serving female service-based entrepreneurs. I knew that I didn't want to um serve the ad section of Pinterest mm-hmm. or, you know, full product shopify type of sure. of stuff on Pinterest. I already knew that's not what I wanted to do. It's not what I've experience with and I don't really have an interest in it even though Everyone else is doing it. That's not, I'm fully going all in on organic growth. I don't feel like you have to pay for ads on Pinterest at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel very strongly about that. But now as of a month ago, I have changed to Gen Vasquez Media because that business can house actually my photography and Pinterest sure. versus having a Gen Vasquez photography business. So I'm in the middle of Transition. all that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legally or specifically, but I also feel like I'm moving towards naturally service-based people in a certain location only because that's really where I excel is mm. getting people who service a local group of people to mm. still resonate on Pinterest right oh, when you're a wedding photographer and all you're doing is saying wedding photography out there on Pinterest you're serving as inspiration for people not in your area but it is not going to encourage people mm. in other areas to hire you and pay for your travel
0: so yeah. I'm it's not very... gonna
1: convert like
0: you're putting out good content oh. but it's not bringing business to to you because you're not yeah. local. Yeah.
1: yeah, it could grow your business and you can ultimately have people who will pay you to do that. Sure. But the focus in terms of marketing should be on your local community. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest mistakes I feel that people make. So um, my love of the wedding community and the fact that they're mostly local based and photography in general, that's kind of the area that I've kind of niched down to in a way, but I do serve a lot of other people. So I started servicing Pinterest management where I actually do the work for a business. They don't have to think about it. I launched that about a year and a half ago. And um, we have 10 clients right now. I have a team of three people and I see the future of my business as all in on an agency model. Um, And right now I do all of the um, strategy And the bulk of the pinning, Um, and my team makes the graphics and makes the idea pins and does all of that stuff um, as well. But I have to, I can imagine in the future, so now I've paid money to be mentored by Kate All and have her as you know, my coach basically. And, and so I can see now all the steps that I will be taking in the future in terms of hiring people that can learn the way that I do strategy and do that also. Like I can see this business uh, eclipsing for sure. Like eventually, you know, you're sort of the coach now for
0: your clients, but you can be the coach's coach, you know, in the future of teaching others, your Pinterest strategy and method, and then allowing them to help their clients and build. Right. And so I love, I love that. And I'd like to actually, I just realized, you know, I have, I would say I have like, you know, the basic Pinterest 101 level of knowledge. And obviously we're not going to get too much into Pinterest today, but I do think it's important to give like a little bit of an overview of how people can, other than the driving of traffic, like how does this really well, I guess driving of traffic is a big part, but how do you see, why do you think Pinterest is so important for service-based, uh, professionals yeah. and, and entrepreneurs like outside yeah. of the wedding space? Cause I think a lot of people understand anyone outside yeah. of the weddings. Yeah, 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 for sure.
1: Yeah. I I firmly believe, and the research shows, so it's not just me, mm-hmm. it's the research. Um, it is the most forgiving platform, you know, where on Instagram, you take a month or two break and you suffer in a bit, right? Mm -hmm. You suffer Mm -hmm. from the algorithm getting seen anymore. You can lose followers, that kind of thing. Pinterest really is more forgivable than that. And if you're using even the Pinterest scheduler or a third party scheduler, you could really only spend an hour a month. I mean, an hour a week pinning to make sure that you're consistent on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. And the lifespan of social media is the main difference. So TikTok is either next to nothing in terms of the lifespan of what you post or viral. Like there's not a whole lot in between. Instagram is 24 to 72 hours. It can extend by a week or so if you have a really good uh, reel, but Pinterest is like they, you know, research shows three plus months, but on my photography business, I have pins that are six and seven and eight years old that are still driving traffic. I have So I had grown to over a million in my wedding photography business. It's now everyone's had dropped like 2020 was the peak. (laughs) And then all of the traffic started getting a little bit less. It is because it was artificially inflated with 2020, right? So it's settling back down. And I think I'm at 130,000 monthly views each month on my wedding business and I'm barely doing anything.
0: like at all. It's it's really incredible. And I, I think that's a thing that a lot of people maybe don't realize with Pinterest or, or they do, but they kind of, you know, didn't have the aha moment of when I create content, on Pinterest, it's going to live there for a long time Forever, and, some, and yeah. someone who like this is going to like that. And it, the algorithms are going to work in your favor. I've definitely seen pins from even years ago sometimes, Oh yes. right? Like, Oh yeah, you know, I've searched for recipes or health related, you know, um, like of food, course. I- food ideas or tips and things like that. And like, You go to the article or the website that it's listed on, you're like, oh, it was from 2018, but it doesn't matter because the content is still relevant. Yes. Yes. I
1: here and the here's the other way that you could use it to grow your business. Period. Uh, one is it's the most effective at growing your email list. And mm-hmm. um, the stats are floating out there that 20 to 30 percent of all of your sales will come from your email list because your email list is a way to yeah. build that no like and trust and warm people up. That's why they're called like nurture sequences in the beginning, and then consistent posting to your email list. You can grow your business that way, but there's Another way, and again, from all the social media platforms, except for maybe stories on Instagram, you can't link anything, really. You have one link on your bio. On Pinterest, you have 8,000 links on 8,000 pins that you've posted on there. Yeah,
0: that's a very key differentiating factor, I think between the platforms is, you know, it's an immediate direct drive to a website, to a page, to a landing page, to a call to action, to just traffic to your website in general. Whereas Instagram, you know, really doesn't do that. You like, you know, you, you look at their feed for a bit, you may go to LinkedIn bio maybe, right. But it's like an extra step Right. So, exactly. Um, yeah. Okay. So I love this. And, and, you know, how are you, you know, now you started this a few years ago and you said like at the time it wasn't a very crowded space, but now there's a few more people doing this, uh, you know, t- teaching people how to leverage Pinterest in their business. How are you differentiating yourself in this space?
1: Yeah. Um. I, and I, I want to add one more yeah. way that Yay. you can make money that I yeah, forgot sure. to add is no by affiliate links. Mm. So you could post Amazon affiliate links on there or affiliate links of anybody that you are an affiliate sure. for on Pinterest, which is insanely good because it's working in the background for you and getting people to click on that link. And you're not having to do a ton of work because it's already on there. Um, so yeah, so the way that I feel like I'm differentiated is I have, I come to Pinterest with this marketing and sales background. So everything I view in terms of Pinterest and all of my services is how I can, support that business, not just with Pinterest, but with all of the data that I'm gathering on Pinterest and through their the work I'm doing for them, mm. different ways that they could put out more information that's better. So each month as I'm doing for my Pinterest management clients and I'm doing an analytic report. I do a video analytic report and I'm seeing all the things that are resonating. I'm seeing their top blogs for the month in their Google Analytics. And I can say, you should really do these three blogs in the next month because they're really resonating right now. Mm. We can get them pinned and you can drive even more traffic for what's popular now. And then as I mentioned before, I'm extraordinarily good at local businesses and local services. Servicing of businesses. Mm. So for branding photographers and wedding pros and companies that focus, you know, in a specific area, I am, I very few people have that, that skill in the Pinterest area.
0: Because it's more about just the overall online space and not necessarily a reconnection to either bricks and mortar or, you know, other local service-based providers.
1: Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. The other yes. thing is that, um, I really feel like there's two different types of people that service Pinterest for people. Mm-hmm. There's a VA who's pinning, right? Yeah. Pinning pinning pins and things like that. And they can create pins and do stuff like that. Uh, but Pinterest managers have sort of a higher level overview of, um, all of the strategy that works on Pinterest and then take all of my marketing and sales background. And I have a way of, of knowing how to get those keywords that will resonate with people on Pinterest to have that grow.
0: And I, I think that's a really good, you know, differentiation factor. If anyone here is looking to find, you know, support to leverage Pinterest more, there's a difference between finding someone who can create the pins and, and manage just pinning consistently to creating an overarching strategy for your business, you know, content planning, seeing what posts are doing well, doing the analytics, knowing what's trending uh, on Pinterest and creating more of a holistic approach to that, right? It's, it's very different than, oh, let's just create a square, or pretty picture, or a nice recipe or whatever it might be. Um, This is really a fulsome strategy with the analytics, which I love. Um, I will say just knowing you and knowing a little bit about your business, but I think the other differentiation is that Jen, you know, when you're in her world, like she literally lives and breathes Pinterest. So, you know, I, I'm now on her, I'm now on her email list. And, you know, I get this beautiful newsletter and for someone who doesn't currently use Pinterest in their business, I'm like, well, maybe I need to be because it's just very compelling. So she, you know, kind of compiles her top tips and resources, what Pinterest is, what's happening with Pinterest in the news and so much more than that. And so there, she's got the newsletter. She's got her podcast. She's got a YouTube Like she is living and breathing this stuff. So I, I, you know, when you, you you're termed the Pinterest queen, I think it is rightfully so, (laughs) and and that's (laughs) how you, you know, differentiated yourself is, you know, really going above and beyond. And then actually, I think this is a really good time to even teach, uh, tell our audience about sort of your membership in your academy, where you actually get people like live in class working on things with you, because that's also a differentiator.
1: Yeah. I I knew that I wanted an affordable way for people to be able to learn Pinterest appropriately. Mm -hmm. And I really have a personal goal of getting anybody that I know who's a female entrepreneur to utilize Pinterest because I keep hearing TikTok and I keep hearing Instagram and those are great. And I'm not saying don't use them. Um, But I am saying that as an entrepreneur, we have very, very little time. And so putting your time in the right places that will give you the best return on your investment and for Pinterest, over years yeah. uh is just a smart way to do it. So my Pinterest um uh Pinterest Strategy Academy is group coaching and I'm on live two days a week. Um one day for pinning, so it's great for accountability to make sure you're getting that even marketing work in general done for your business. And then there's a uh, one day a week where it's q and live because it's not so easy to ask a Pinterest question, typing it in you know, a yeah. Facebook page or something like that. And for me to be able to answer is a little harder in writing. It's so much easier for me to say, okay, let me show you and I'll, I'll go into the screen. back of my Pinterest and show, or I'll have them pull up their Pinterest and do that. So if that's two days a week, I have a monthly masterclass Where I we dive in deep on something. And then we have guest speakers where this week we're having a Canva expert come teach us tips and tricks to make it, it, you know, our time in Canva shorter but more organized. Um, and so it, yeah, it's really, I feel like it's very time consuming on my part for any kind of a membership normally. Um, but again, I'm I'm really in in it in the trenches Mm -hmm. and I want people to succeed on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, and you can tell that you really care about being able to, you know, give something to people where they're at. So You've got this membership to say, here's, let me help you do the DIY DIY version. So you can eventually do this on your own. Others might say like, let me just, you know, I just want some strategy and some tips. And then some are like, just do it all for me. Right. And so you've got something at every level, depending on, um, you know, where they're at in their business and what their needs are. So that's, I love this. I think it's such a, you know, great reminder to our audience of, you know, the things that you spend a lot of time doing that you just do out of joy and out of passion and you get really good at can become the inspiration for a business for you, you know? So it's just a reminder of the things that people always come to you for. Sometimes we just do it and we're like, you know, we just give advice and whether it's, you know, back in the day, I used to tell people a lot about, um, what makeup products I was using and what skincare products, this is like 2006. Okay. Way before people were doing this kind of stuff. If I had yeah. followed that calling back then, I mean, I think I would be a top, <laughs> you know, beauty blogger and vlogger and whatnot. No, I don't think I missed my calling though. But no, I'm just. I'm just you're
1: right where you're supposed to be. <laughs> I'm just
0: saying though, you know, those little nudges of the things that you can spend hours doing, you just really enjoy and you want to know the nuts and bolts of something. Can become a good inspiration for business, and that's exactly you know what's happened with Jen. This is now you know, passion turned into uh, a business, right? So what would you say for you has been, you know what has it been building an online business, right? Because photography is very much in person, right? you're you're there, you're alive, and yes, there's the digital aspect of the photos, but you are, you know in person. So how is that transition to say I'm now showing up? in building an online business?
1: Yeah, I I always say to all entrepreneurs, but specifically for people who are just starting out, it is work. Like choosing something that you love and making it a job can sometimes not work out well, right? I That's why I drug my feet on having a business as a photographer. This is why I drug my feet on diving into teaching people how to do Pinterest because I needed to get into my head and figure out all of the things I would need to do in addition to running that other business to make sure that I wasn't Again, at that point of working Burn out, win, Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I am, I'm not about hustle court culture. I believe there's times in your business that you have to hustle, right? You're going to work a long day on this day. But for me, I take Tuesdays off every single week to be with my daughters and my granddaughter. I am absolutely there for my three grandchildren. And that is now my priority in life. And so I will find a way for my business to work around that. But in order to do that, I have a real solid plan. I have marketing every single week. Um, most people say, okay, we got two clients and then they can take the foot off the gas of marketing because they're focusing on these clients. But then when you're done with those clients, you got to ramp up the machine again. And it takes like a lot longer. So my advice always for people is to have a blog, which most people don't want to do. You can have a blog. That's a video. You can take your videos you're doing on Instagram and put it on a blog and then write about what you did in that video, um, or transcribe them these I do that for my podcast. I have a transcription, but I feel like, um, doing a blog is putting a blog on Google, which is marinating and showing your stuff to people. And over time, Google trusts you more, the longer that Mm -hmm. you're doing it. So start right away. If you're starting a business have a blog. After having a blog, make sure that every single week you're doing steps to market your business and not mm-hmm. just social media. Yeah. <laughs> make sure that you've got an email list, which everyone drags her feet on also, but the email list and the blog whether you do Pinterest or not, those two things I think are really and marketing in general yeah. are really really important. And people put them off to the side because they True. may not be good at that, right? They may have yeah. gotten into whatever they're. Or they're worried into. about yeah. the,
0: like the techie part of it, or so you know, or they're part worried about bothering people.
1: Yeah, on Instagram and all the social media platforms you are barely seen by the people that you True. want to be seen. So talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Yeah. And, and I want
0: to, I want to I wanna add, because, you know, just, just to say with a, with a blog, look, there's an opt-in, right? So you've got someone who has decided they want your content. Right, it's very different than just mindlessly scrolling. So yes, maybe your open rates are not going to be a hundred percent. Like that's the, that's not even realistic. No, but you are like I think I really value when someone takes the time to create content that is useful versus you know a thirty second reel that I didn't really learn anything from. Maybe I got a bit of inspo, but I didn't get tips and tricks and you know, steps or, you know, really more content that I can actually use that's valuable. So I love what you're saying about a blog and, and maybe it's also, you know, find the medium that inspires you most Absolutely. where you feel genuine to show up and create content. So for both of us right now, it's also a podcast. Like I love, you know, creating this, platform to kind of get stories out of other female entrepreneurs, which is what I do in my business, right? I support entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. to help them grow their business. So this feels really aligned. But what is great about a blog that's even different than a podcast is you can connect, you can collect those emails, which you can't really do with a podcast until you've got people subscribed. You can see how
1: many people are viewing it. We have an estimate Mm. in our podcast machines that we put information in, right? We can see about how many people are like downloading it, it, but yeah, it did, yeah. yeah, but it doesn't, yeah. And and I feel like too, a lot of people are scared to do this, whether it's a podcast, a blog, YouTube, whatever it is, a consistent putting information out, mm. and they're fearful because they're like, you know, I don't want to teach them what I'm gonna get paid for, and I know that like seems mm. so crazy, but I always say start with questions that you get from clients, because All if you time. get one question from a client, there's probably eight others that didn't ask you, yeah. or even on your consultation calls, I write everything down that someone says so that I, or I have Otter do it now yeah. so that I have yeah. the ability to take those and create content with it. And, um, our friend, <laughs> our friend, Rebecca, Rebecca. Campiero, yeah. um, she once said that whenever you're doing any kind of like a masterclass or a challenge or even your blog, if you think of it in, this, in these terms, what you're doing is you're educating people to have a foundation so that when they do potentially hire you, A, they trust you because mm-hmm. you gave them some free information and they took action on it. And then when they come to you, they have that foundation yeah. knowledge that makes it easier for your job. I th- I think, I think
0: there's so many key things about putting out valuable content, even if it's something that people used to, or normally pay you for, because you're, there's a couple of things, right? The trust factor of, okay, this person keeps showing up. They keep delivering results and I'm actually implementing some of these tips, right? On the back end, as a business owner, if that person's like consumed all your content, your free content, when you start working with them, it is a dream because they it already is know a
1: dream. They
0: already know what you're about. They like your message. They've been drinking the Kool Aid and they have signed up and they're excited to work with you. The worst is when you are trying to convince people of why you're the best person, exactly. you know, you want people who come in and say, yeah, of course she's the best person. Like she has been showing up consistently and delivering value. So that's, you know, that's something I love about your story that I think you haven't been doing it just because you're like, this is what converts. I think you genuinely, do it because you enjoy giving back in that way. And I, yes. and it's, 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 it's obvious to me that that's the case with you. One thing I wanted to pull out that you said a little bit earlier too, though, what, what's amazing about having a business online is the ability to build it around your life, right? So you you take your Tuesdays off, that's, you know, a non-negotiable in your business. So for anyone listening, who's sort of thinking like, okay, I'd love to build up a side hustle or whatnot. <laughs> This is the beauty is eventually your business can be totally flexible about around your lifestyle and the hours that you want to work, which is not as, you know, commonplace in corporate, right? You got to show up nine to five. You've got to be available on email, you know, after hours too. So, you know, that's, that's why this path is actually very attractive to a lot of people, I think is because you're not live, like, what was the saying? You're not, you know, just don't, I'm not working to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not
1: living to work. I want to work to live.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that you can actually live your life and enjoy it. So, um, what would you say on your journey has been one of the biggest challenges that you have faced personally as an entrepreneur?
1: I would say when you're an entrepreneur, you either go one of two ways before you learn to correct it. You either overwork Mm. or you underwork. Right. And there's ramifications for your business for both ways. I went in overwork because I'm used to that corporate grind. And then I, I wasn't being as present as the reason why I left corporate, right, was to be present with my kids. So I feel like um, putting parameters in place was the thing that really helped me, especially running two businesses now. I have to complete all my work within a certain number of hours each week because I'm not working beyond that. I'm not working when my family is wants to be with me Mm -hmm. or needs me or is home basically. So I feel like if you have a really good schedule and you really stick to that schedule and have part of that be marketing, part of that being your CEO day and your accounting and all the things that you need to do, and then working with clients, any of that extra stuff, like I want to sign up for every lesson out there. A, Mm -hmm. I don't have time to do it. And B, I don't have time to implement. So if you do take time for any education, make sure that you're writing down two or three action items that you're going to put into your business that next week. Mm -hmm. Like make it worth your time. So time management is the hardest struggle always. Yeah,
0: I, I agree. And I think though, you know, what's key is like you said, creating that plan and sticking to it. Um, And maybe there's things that you're like, I want to do this, but it doesn't fit in early into your journey. And you can do it later when you've, you know, mastered the thing you're trying to do, or you've created the process or you've launched the course. I would add that I think it's always important to, this is something I didn't do well in the beginning was focus on income producing activities. So I was just saying <laughs> yes. yes to Spinning your wheels everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I was also doing all these active, like, you know, taking the courses, going to the events, going to the conferences, speaking here, doing, doing all things. And I wasn't always doing them in front of the audience that I was actually trying to sell to either. So it was just like all of these non-income producing activities. And now it's been more recently, I would say within the last year, even that I've been way more focused on what is going to actually move me forward in my business. So I think, you know, and, and I think there's the balance of like overdoing it and working too hard. But when you said the other flip side underdoing it, sometimes in my case, I think I was underdoing it on the actual activities that needed to be done. And sometimes I was avoiding that because it was kind of the harder thing to do. Like it was easy to go to the events and take the courses and show up and do all of the non-income producing activities. It was much harder to say, Oh my God, I got to figure out how to build this landing page and build this funnel and launch this new product and write copy and write out this course. Like, you know, to take the ideas that were in my head now onto paper, you know, that that's a a whole different side of your brain sometimes. Right. And in corporate, you don't always get to use that side of your brain. So you're just very used to like showing up, doing the events, you know, doing whatever someone told you and not saying, well, wow, I got to create something from scratch now. Right. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. So I would like to kind of, you know, kind of get into some advice that you might have for our aspiring entrepreneurs or fellow entrepreneurs that are listening. You know, if you were to go back and start your journey again, your entrepreneurial journey again, Is there anything that you would do differently?
1: I don't think I would change much in 2009 when I left corporate. Mm. I don't even think I would have been ready to leave corporate earlier because I'm one who drags my feet. I have to have a plan before I take the jump. But a lot of people are very nervous about taking that jump, that like next step. And what I will say is if you have a plan, and you're willing to do the work and you've researched to know that there are people who need that help out there. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people start a business without even knowing if people, you know, assuming what people need or want. True. I did that a little bit as well. So I would say doing more of the talking with people that are your ideal client or would be your ideal client, having a plan making sure that you are going to be working hard to get that plan done. But I will say that my Pinterest business, I should have started at least two years earlier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I think I
0: love what you've shared there too, is You know, go where you feel a calling, where there's a need, right? Like this is something someone not just because you love it. Like, yeah, that's hard. That's hard. And it's it's. I mean, I think that's a component. Make sure you do love what you're doing, but it can't Mm. just be I love what I'm doing, but no one's really needs this. Gonna need it, yes. (laughs) Or I can't really monetize on it. I always say, I always ask myself kind of four questions: like, what am I pretty good at? you know, that I enjoy doing maybe something that is even in my zone of genius and we won't, we won't get there, but that is where you just are in flow state. Um, so you're good at it. You enjoy doing it. The world needs it. You know, there's a need for that. And then lastly, is there a way to monetize on it? Right. And, and usually if the first three are answerable, the business model and how you monetize will come. So that's, that's a really good start. And I think that's really good advice to say, like, you know, is this, is there a problem out there I can help someone with and why am I uniquely, you know, the right person to help them with that? And in your case, it absolutely was, like you said, you probably could have started two years sooner. And, and, and I, I really do believe everything kind of happens for a reason. And it was you know probably the right timing when you did start in hindsight, yes, you know, but, and we usually need some of the previous experiences we've gotten through to like prepare us for that moment. Absolutely. But there are times where that calling comes and we don't act on it. Right. Yeah.
1: Like I, I, if you're working in corporate and you really love something and you've done the research and all of that good stuff, I always say, start a hot side hustle, mm-hmm. find, find out if it, works out if you can book clients. And then once you book clients, I always say, save three months of expenses before you jump out and leave your business. Like I've seen people leave too early and I've seen people leave really late, right? Start that side hustle. That's the way that you can prove that you can book people. You can do, I mean, let's be honest, you could start a website and a blog and all this stuff while you're working at corporate and have the funds. And the content, the the podcast,
0: even any of that, right? Because a lot, a lot of the stuff we're doing, like for me, the, the, the podcast, um, any other content other than your time, it's, it's free. Like yes, it doesn't cost too much. I do have someone who's supporting me, um, you know, with the podcast and the show notes and the social media now, which is amazing. So I agree with you, like get the, get the side hustle going. So you can also test with the market. What is going to work? What's going to convert? What's going to land? Do I actually enjoy doing this before I go all in on this business? Seriously. Right. Is there demand for it? And could I see myself doing this for, you know, the next three to five years? And I like the idea of three
1: months. I would even say like in the three to six Six months. months. Yeah. I I had six months because I was, I'm more cautious in that area. But I also feel like I have to be honest, like the, the times that I've grown my business the most is when I've stretched myself to do something that I wasn't sure of. Yeah. And it really paid off. Like Social Squares is a, a stock image company, large. They yeah. had 500,000 monthly viewers. And they, the owner, came to me and said, We'd like to hire you to help us with our Pinterest strategy. And in my head, I'm thinking, I, I don't, I'm not I ready. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help them. It's 500,000. Like everyone wants five hundred. Like I always bad talking. Yeah. Uh, and so what I do when that happens is I, Number one, look at the account. Is there places that I can help? I found places that I can help and more. Um, I wrote down all that, even if it went badly, at least I would have tried it
0: and, like, learn, something right? and yeah. learn
1: something and learn yeah. something. And it and it went well. And, and that work with her community helped me really even grow my business even more. I stretched myself a little bit further and applied for Pinterest pioneers, mm-hmm. um, which is the Pinterest business community. Um, so we'll, I'm sure we'll look at that a little bit later, but yeah. I, it, I felt, I feel like when you stretch yourself to the scary, can I do this moments? It, it always pays off. And if it doesn't, you learn so much from it. Um, what not to do? <laughs> yeah, I I agree. And I think sometimes we hesitate instead of
0: just saying yes to things, even if we don't fully have all the answers yet. Be, yet. Because once you say yes, then you figure out the answers. We're often saying, okay, let me figure out all the answers before I commit to something. Well, you're not going to. When you say yes, you're going to have to right? Yes. It's like, it's, it's this weird psychology that that's how I've kind of, the code that I've lived by. I'm like, I will figure this out, but I'm not going to miss that opportunity because I have a bit of fear or doubt or imposter syndrome around it. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And I'd like to ask, you know, before we kind of a couple more questions, but I'd like to ask you what, what's next for your business and
1: what is sort of the long-term vision that you're building towards? I love photography. I don't see it going away, uh, but I'm going to adjust what I'm doing. Like doing the shorter weddings that are like one or two hours, we're going out in the woods and that kind of thing. Branding photography, I really adore. But my Pinterest, I want to grow my agency. I can see having 15 employees and managing a number of, yeah, different businesses doing Pinterest management. Mm -hmm. That is really where Um, I see myself going and in, and in the education and speaking area as well. Awesome. And I see that for you. The the funny
0: thing is, is, sometimes the vision that the big vision we see, like it's already there. It's just not at the, it's not at the scale yet, but you're already well on your way on that path. So it is just going to be an amplification of what you're already doing. And I I see it for you and I'm excited for you. Thank you. All right. So before we cap off, this is the question that I always ask because I'm, it's just more of my own curiosity, but I like to know what my guests are listening to these days. You know, is there audiobook or podcast that you can recommend to us
1: I um well besides your podcast because <laughs> yeah. I do love that um there's two podcasts that I really love for business and that's marketing school with Neil mm. Patel and Eric Sue yeah. I I especially like it because they do weekday, every weekday they have and it's like 5 minutes maybe 10 minutes at the most so it's something i literally start my day with and i'm learning more about marketing cuz i always want to mm-hmm. the other would be the empowered agency podcast and mm-hmm. kate all is it's a new podcast for her she does simple pen media podcast, um, which is for everyone, but the eight empowered agency podcast is all about agency models and growing Mm. your agency. So I do love all of those, but I, I admit, I love all of the, you know, murder mystery. (laughs) I was just going to say like Murdoch murders. Yeah. (laughs) I was just a
0: bunch. I was about to say that even when you're not working, you know, you're listening to things that are growing your business, which is pretty much every entrepreneur, all of our yes. free time goes to consuming things that will help us level up in the business. But I love that you've got some of those, those murder mystery ones. Too. We all <laughs> have to unplug do. sometimes. Right? I know it's crazy. <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Um, I'm going to put this in the show notes, but for those listening, where can our listeners engage with you online?
1: So pretty much everywhere. Pinterest, TikTok, LinkedIn, Instagram, it's all Jen Vasquez media. Um, On YouTube, it's Jen Vasquez. And then my website, jenvasquezcoach.com. Awesome.
0: Jen, it was such a pleasure, you know, having you here today, just for the audience. We've met in a kind of group coaching program that we're a part of. And she just immediately was such a bright light on a screen. You know, we haven't even met in person. <laughs> I know. And um, so I just thank you for coming on. I knew you'd be great. And this is such, I learned a lot, learned a lot about Pinterest. I may have to come to you and figure out my strategy down the road. So thank you again for for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to, you know, talk about something that's not Pinterest is not usual for me. So it, again, it was a little bit of a stretch and I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so glad.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Futura Talks. I hope it has left you inspired and motivated to pursue your dreams, find your calling and follow your heart in your life and business. If you enjoyed this conversation, it would mean so much to me if you would consider leaving a review and better yet, sharing this episode with someone who will be inspired to start building their own Futura. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and I will see you next week.